expectation or expectant would be what? A pregnant woman, right? We say they are what? Expecting. They're expecting. She's an expectant mother. A child is coming. And, and the longer the pregnancy lasts, the more and the more, the more the mom is looking forward to that day when the child, which they have been expecting for, for probably at least eight months by now, will finally arrive. I mean, that baby's getting heavy, and that baby starts pushing on things, and it gets uncomfortable. The family can't wait to meet this new member that they're going to have. Is it going to be a boy, or is it going to be a girl? Now, we did that. We did not know what any of the three of our children were going to be until they were born. That really doesn't happen as much in our culture today, because we want to be ready, right? We want to we want to have the room the right color and all of the right stuff. Well... Where's the adventure in that? Come on, young people. Let's, let's just wait until, until the day and be surprised and, and look forward to something that, that, that God is going to bless us with. And, and then there are all kinds of other things that, that, that we are kind of waiting expectantly to see. I mean, um, will they have lots of hair or will they have none? Will they be tall and skinny or short and chubby? You know, what, what will be their strengths? What will be their weaknesses as they grow up? What, what type? Will they be strong-willed? Will they be good at math? Or will they be good at art? Because I don't think you can be good at, eat, at both of those at the same time. Um, will, will they be athletic? What, what will be their favorite color or their cartoon character, their favorite cartoon character? What spiritual gifts will they have? What an adventure, right? Um, some, sometimes we're sort of, we sort of enter parenthood with, trepidation, and, and we wonder, are we going to be up to the task? But, but there's this huge adventure that lies before us, and, and it becomes a part of this expectation. What is it going to be like? Now, um, that's the expectation I want to talk about today. Waiting with bated breath. <laughs> Have you ever heard that phrase before? I think that's an interesting phrase. Waiting with bated breath. Do any, are there any young kids in here who actually know what that means, bated breath? When, when I th- thought, not recently, mind you, but a long time ago when I thought about the phrase bated breath, I thought B-A-I-T-E-D, breath. That sounds disgusting, right? Bated breath? My dog, would, I would say, has bated breath. You know, you could bait something with it. That's not the kind of bated breath that, that that statement, it's B-A-T-E-D. And, and you know what it means to wait with bated breath? Let me show you. I want you to watch me. Watch and listen. This is what waiting with bated breath means. That's it. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's God going to do? What's going to happen in my life? How is God going to transform me? And what is he going to show me between now and Christmas Day in relation to the coming of the Messiah that I've never seen before? Because I believe he wants to. I don't believe he ever wants us to walk in those doors on a Sunday morning or even get up on any given day and get to the end of that day and, and think, I didn't learn anything new today. I didn't, I didn't acknowledge anything about God today that I that I didn't already this morning, I think we should all 
every morning get up and expect God to show up because he's already there. And, and really it has more to do with us coming in line with the motion and the movement that he's already in. You see, something that we kind of get screwed up is our day starts when the sun comes up. The alarm goes off now before the sun comes up. And man, isn't it weird? Like four o'clock comes and I'm, my, my, my body's shutting down. It's like it's time to go to bed. Like seven o'clock, oh, is it midnight yet? Um, that's not how the Jewish clock works. The beginning of their day is at dark. You see, God is just getting up to start working when we're going to bed to start sleeping. So we get up in the middle of the day and we sort of interrupt him and say, okay, God, here I am. How can I help you today? When we really should be saying, God, you've been working for the past 8, 10, 12 hours. How can I, how can I jump into this with you? And, and we do that with expectation that he's going to do something. Because he wants to. And he is. Sometimes it's just us not seeing it. Um, now, anticipation is a synonym of expectation. I may have already thrown that out there. I mean, are, are you entering into this Christmas season with expectation or anticipation? Or are the words that we already talked about coming to mind? Exhaustion and, and bankruptcy and, and other things. I mean, are those the words that come to mind when you think of the Christmas season? Or are, they words, are there words like peace and joy, you know those those words that we sing in those Christmas carols. I mean, this kind of expectation that I'm talking about is a gift from God. Because honestly, I think life would be pretty boring if there wasn't anything that we could expect or look forward to in life. I mean, if life was just about what I've lived so far today and there isn't anything new coming. Now, granted, I, I feel blessed beyond measure in my life. Uh, I am not sad that my life is where it is today. But I also know that there are things for me to expect in the future. Things, things to look forward to. And this kind of expectation is a gift from God. It, it truly is a gift. God said through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I guess that's one of the things that I'm asking us to do this Christmas season between now and the, and the 25th of December is to seek God with all of our heart. Let's seek him this Christmas season. Let's cultivate expectancy in our hearts. And we have to be intentional about that because if we're not, man, all of that other stuff is just going to suck us in and, 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 and we'll feel like you know we've been treading water for for hours, and, and all we can do is just keep our lips above the water, and then finally, you know, the 26th of December is going to come, and we just envision ourselves just slipping to our death and drowning. I don't want us to feel that way this Christmas season. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. And, and I want us this morning to imagine Mary's expectation. Okay. Now she literally was expecting. Okay. Um, not, and and that wasn't something she was prepared for, uh, or something that she could even really put her finger on and say, "Yep, this is how that happened." Luke chapter one. Let's look at verses. I want to just read verses twenty six through thirty eight. 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And Mary's response to that was, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Then the angel left her. Now, put yourself in her shoes and don't tell me that there isn't some sense of expectation in her heart and in her mind. She has, this has never happened before and has never happened again. A woman conceiving without having an earthly father. So this thing is going to happen to her body and, and it's supernatural. And, and I can imagine that, that, that as she finds out that she's pregnant and she begins to, to carry this child, that she begins to think to herself, if God can do this, what else can he do? And she lives her life every day with some sense of expectation, expecting God to just shake things up, for instance, to completely change things, and that's exactly what happened to her. And this expectation and this anticipation that she felt, it, it, it's what brings us the anticipation. It's, it's why we celebrate Christmas. It's why we have a day where we remember and celebrate the birth of Christ, the Messiah who God sent, the King, the Most High. And I want us intentionally this week to live in expectation of four things. Here's, here's the first thing. I want to ask you that you would live in expectation of Jesus who is great and called the Son of the Most High. Think about those descriptions right there. It turned out, number one, just as the angel said it would, Mary became pregnant, Mary gave birth to Jesus, Jesus made all of his brothers jealous because he was perfect and they could never do, you know, they could never blame anything on him growing up. Uh, He gathered his disciples, he taught, he preached, he was crucified, innocently I might add. He was buried. He rose again. And there were hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses that saw him dead and alive. And he's alive today, seated at the right hand of the Father. 
there is no one ever who has lived or ever will live who is that great. I mean, he healed. He's all-powerful. He walked on water and calmed the storm. I mean, maybe tomorrow morning you wake up and you just think about that. God, Jesus, you, you walked on water. And, and think about what that might have been like to experience that, to see a man walking across the sea towards you, towards your boat. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He made the lame to walk and the blind to see. He's a part of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you, what do you expect? What do you think that he will do in your life next? Or are you just kind of living, you know, what you can do and you're not looking in expectation for the work of God in your life? I want you to live with that expectation this week. He loves you. He did what was abs- he was the only one that could do what was necessary for you and I to have eternal life. Jesus did it. He was great and and, and was called the son of the most high. Luke 11:9 later Luke says this so or Jesus says this, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I'm asking you to do that this week and next week up until Christmas. Seek, knock, and with expectation wait for the door to be opened. Ask and it shall be given. Ask and wait... Ask and wait in expectation and anticipation. Now, let's be patient as we wait, because maybe the answer that he asked for us isn't going to come before Christmas, or New Year's, or Easter, or your next anniversary or birthday. But we continue to live in expectation that he's going to work. Did you ever, as a child, try to find where mom and dad were hiding the presents? Did you ever slip the tape up without tearing the paper and peek to see what it was? Now, that really ruins it, doesn't it? I mean, really, honestly, in, modern, in the modern-day world today, um, we... We're going to have to borrow somebody's Amazon Prime account because we can't order it on our own because our kids know, they get emails. Hey, this was just ordered. How do you surprise them with that, right? You can't. But there's, we think that we're getting something on mom and dad by looking and seeing what we get, but really what that does is it removes all the expectation and anticipation of Christmas morning when it comes to the gifts. I wonder if there are things in your life that you're frustrated by. I wonder if there are things in your life that, that maybe you've been trying to open gifts or open doors that just God just doesn't want you to open those yet. He wants you to, to, to grow and cultivate some expectation and anticipation of what he might do in whatever it is. But 
But you need to know and I need to know that we can trust him implicitly as we wait patiently for whatever that answer is going to be. And that takes intentionality on our part every day. Say, God, I don't, I don't understand this, uh, but I'm trusting you for this. And I'm anticipating what you're going to do here. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting in expectation. Not, not waiting with added pressure and responsibility. Waiting in with bated breath. <gasps> what are you going to do? What are you going to do with this situation, God? How are you going to work in this? I can't wait in 10 years to look back and go, wow, look at what he did. Some of us are beyond really difficult things and we can look back two or three years ago and we can go, oh God, look what you did. Some of us are in the middle of that right now and we can't see to the other side yet. But you need to continue to live in expectation because of Jesus being great and called the Son of the Most High. There was a story told. Imagine, imagine you have two women of the same age, the same socioeconomic status, the same educational level, and even the same temperament. They're not twins, but they could be. Okay, in all things. You hire both of them and you say to each, you are part of an assembly line and I want you to put part A into slot B and then hand what you have assembled to someone else. And I want you to do that over and over and over again for eight hours a day. You put them in identical rooms with identical lighting, temperature, ventilation. You give them the very same number of breaks in a day. It is very, very boring work. Their conditions are the same in every way except for one difference. You tell the first woman that at the end of the year, you will pay her $30,000. And you tell the second woman that at the end of the year, you will pay her $30 million. Now, after a couple of weeks, the first woman will be saying, isn't this tedious? Isn't it just driving you nuts doing the same thing over and over and over? Aren't you thinking about quitting? And the second woman will be saying, nope, I'm perfectly fine doing what I'm doing. In fact, I whistle while I work. What's going on here? You you have two human beings who are experiencing identical circumstances in radically different ways. And what is making it different? It's their expectation of the future. Now, I'm not saying, and this illustration is not saying, that we all, all we need is a good income. Okay, that's not the point of the story. My wife would even say, no, we've done tedious things before. And she has said to me, no amount of money is worth doing this over and over and over and over again. Now, $30 million was never part of that, but... (laughs) What this illustration does show, however, is that what we believe about our future completely controls and transforms how we live in the present. We are irreducibly hope-based creatures. I wish I had this example. You can live, I don't know, what is it? You can live 40 days without food. No, what is it? Now I just went down a trail I can't get back from. It 
Can you live 40 days without food? How many days can you live without water? Four? Three? Four? Okay, let's, let's go with it. Okay, you just run with me here. Okay, I'm not a scientist. I don't know this for sure. You can live 40 days without food. You can live four days without water. You can live four minutes without air, but you can't live a day or a minute without hope. Can't do it. Of all the people that commit suicide, that kill themselves every year, it's because they lost hope. Their present circumstances are similar to millions of other people. Their vision of the future, they have no expectation of something good. They've lost it. And you see, we need to live in that expectancy. Jesus, who is great and called the Son of the Most High. Number two, let's live in expectation that Jesus' kingdom will never end. I love this one, actually. You know, everything that we have on our planet is going to have an end. The, the toys that you buy your children for Christmas, you know, and the, the ones that they open and then they set them aside and play with the box for the next two or three days. Right? Those are going to break. They're going to wear out. Dad's going to yank the little noisemaker out of it, and you're not going to know any different. Dad, I don't know. It just stopped working. That's what my dad said. <clears throat> Isn't it great news to know that the kingdom of God is eternal forever? It will never cease. It will never cease. We don't have to be concerned about that ever. We don't have to worry about that or wonder when we get up one morning, what's going to happen today with the kingdom of God? Oh my goodness, no. We're, we're told, Mary is told. Mary knew this, the Lord God will give him, Jesus, the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And as Christ followers, we're a part of that kingdom. We're a part of that kingdom. Now, sometimes we like to rule our own kingdom, right? We come up with our own little kingdom and our, only, our own little circle of, of control. And we put ourselves on the throne of our life and, and we seek to rule it. But we need to understand that, that, that all kingdoms apart from the kingdom of God will one day cease to exist. There are civilizations who don't exist anymore. There, there are nations who don't exist anymore. There are towns in our very own state that don't exist anymore but for a name on a map. And all of us have a friend or a parent or a grandparent who doesn't exist physically with us anymore. It will all cease to exist but not the kingdom of God. And, and, if, and if we have any hesitation or lack assurance in any way of the day that's set before us, we need to live that day with the expectancy that the kingdom of God is going to last forever. It will never come to an end, and we are a part of that. And, and, and we gain hope and peace and confidence in knowing that. We can have hope in tomorrow. We can have hope for the future. No matter what is in your life today, the kingdom of God, which if you are a Christ follower, as you sit here this morning, you are a part of, will last forever. 
Billy Graham said that Christmas is God's reminder that we are not alone. <laughs> Maybe write that down. Christmas is a reminder that it is God's reminder that we are not alone. It's so true, isn't it? And we need to live with the expectancy that this is true. Every day. And, and know that it will be true always. It will never change. Let's daily surrender the keys to our own personal kingdoms to the true king. Third, let's enter this season in expectancy of what the Holy Spirit will do in our lives. As Christ followers, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about that for five chapters in the book of Acts. And, and when, when we get through the end of the year, which is going to happen before you know it, um, after a New Year's message, we're going to continue in the book of Acts, and, book of Acts, and we're going to continue to dig in that. We have seen the power of the Holy Spirit working in the lives of others. We have seen the power of the Holy Spirit working in our own very lives, in our own midst. I, you know, one, one of the things that we did for Thanksgiving is we, we donated things for meals and, and we gave people meals and, and we had some people turn us down and we had some people go, well, why do you think I'm in need? And it's like, you know what? This is just a gift. And then we have people that just kind of melted and said, I, uh, my husband doesn't get paid until next week and I didn't know what we were going to do. And one of those situations, uh, a person had, tried, uh, had reached out to this person like a week or two before. Didn't know them. Came across a need that they had on Facebook, actually. And Sunday afternoon when we're getting ready to get people are grabbing names, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, I hand, I, I mean, I grabbed out of the pile a name and handed it to this person. They took the meal. They took it with their family to give it to this family. And it's the same lady that she had, was going to help a couple weeks earlier, and it just didn't work out. Now, some would say coincidence, right? Nah, I don't believe in coincidences. I mean... Really, what, what, what is this statement that we often say? It just so happened that she was the same person. No way. No way. You see, the Holy Spirit had gone before her and had set this up, not only so that this family could be blessed, but so her family could be blessed in blessing them and seeing that God goes before us. But are we expecting it? I say it's high time we expect it and we look for it. What is the Holy Spirit going to do in your life and in mine? And finally, let's expect, number four, that no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. My words, they fail. But God's word will never fail. It, it's a sure thing. Isaiah 55, 11 says this, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God will always do what he sets out to do. He will never fail, and, and it will always be in our best interest. We may not like it at the moment, but it will always be for our best interest. Man, that's hard to see sometimes, isn't it? 
we can trust him for our everyday needs. Seek first the kingdom of God and what? All these things that I've been talking about previously in that passage will be added unto you. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, if God cares what a sparrow is going to eat and every one that falls, and that's a part of his creation, but, but animals are not a part of his creation where he breathes life into, and you and I are. We have the very breath of God in us. We are his creation. We were created in his image, every one of us. His word will not return void. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. We can rely him on peace for peace in our life. Luke 24, 36 says this, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. I would love to have Jesus standing before me and say that. What do you think it felt like? I I bet they really didn't even understand it. See, and that's the cool thing for us, I think, because they're living with expectation, and in in some ways, they don't know what they're expecting, and we're looking back, seeing what God did and what he's promised to do, and we can look forward and say, we can expect this, because we have his promises right here. Peace be with you. God's word from Romans 10, 9... 10 and 11 says this, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. That's something you can be in expectation about. You see, if there's shame coming from people in your life, that's not from God, that's from other people. And you need, to, you need to look to your father and say, you know what, he's not the one that's shaming me here. I can be at peace about that at least. Let's live with this expectation in our hearts, our attitudes about the future based on the truth of God's word that we're reading in the present. And it will surely transform us. And because we have a personal faith in the living, great, and glorified Lord, we don't have to fear. We sang a song about that. We don't have to fear. We can have hope in all areas of our personal life. And this is equally true for our corporate lives together as families, as communities, in towns, as a nation. The answer to national and international tension and fear is for the world to know him. It's not to have the right president or the right tax bill or any of that other stuff. That's not going to fix it. It's to know Christ. Uncertainty breeds fear and the world is certainly an uncertain place. But we need to focus instead on on our steadfast Savior, not all of that other stuff. There is nothing to fear when our faith is the one is in the one who controls it all. We do not worship a dead Christ. We worship a risen Christ who has broken the power of sin and death. Why then should we fear? Why then should we be afraid of this holiday celebration that we have coming up? 
We shouldn't. We should instead wake up every morning with expectancy in our heart and in our mind. And I believe we can, but we've got to be intentional about it. You see, Jesus is great and called the Son of the Most High. That's just true. That's a fact. His kingdom will go on forever, and we can celebrate and praise him for that. As a Christ follower, as we are a part of that, he he gave us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, and his word will never fail. It will never fail. You, You can read every word in your Bible and know that it's true. You can trust it. We can expect it. We can anticipate it. And my challenge for us is that we live it out every day. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the season that we're entering into. Father, thank you that that you came. And Father, as we sit here this morning and as we Think about this expectation that Mary had and the expectation that the nation of Israel had. I pray, Father, that that because we know things, that we wouldn't lack expectation for what you're going to do in our hearts and in our minds and in our families and in our community and in our nation and in our, our world in the future. But that we wait with bated breath as we pray, as we read your word, as we proclaim the good news of the gospel with expectation what you're going to do for us. Father, thank you for all who are here today, all who will hear this or maybe watching. Father, I pray that this Christmas season that we would see the gifts that you have for us. That they would be a a reality in our lives and in, in our family's lives and in our children's lives and in our grandchildren's lives. And now, Father, I pray that, that you would continue to move in our hearts and our minds as, as we move to, to the communion table, as we remember Continue to look forward with expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. I need a little reminder, a boy said to his mom. Well, why don't you tie a string around your finger? Did you ever tell that to your kids? I remember my grandma telling me to tie a string around my finger, and I did. Now, if I did that today, I'd have to have another string to remind me of what that string was about. We do that with a lot of things in life, don't we? Right? We, we need reasons to remember. Because uh, if we don't, we won't. Uh, we have holidays that help us to remember things like Veterans Day or Independence Day or even Easter. Police and, and firemen sometimes put a black ribbon across their badges or moms and dads and entire communities put yellow ribbons on trees and fence posts to serve as a reminder of a loved one who is gone or who is absent to remember because in our active world we we can just 
get so busy and focused on ourselves that we forget. We write ourselves sticky notes. We have calendars on our phones that we can put appointments and special days to remember, complete with alarms that will tell us 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or a day before. I have all those checked on some things. Nobody knows us better than our Savior, Jesus Christ, and He knew that we would need a reminder. Today we participate in that reminder. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said to His disciples. He said, I want you to do this until I return. Do this until I return. This bread, Jesus said to them in the upper room, represents my broken body. His broken body, cruelly beaten, tortured, an innocent man on your behalf and on mine. As we eat the bread this morning, remember that. Remember that broken body. And today we remember, we celebrate, this cup represents my blood, Jesus said, shed for you. See, it wasn't enough for his body to be beaten beyond recognition. But he had to shed every drop of his blood. He had to die. The perfect standard. The Lamb of God on your behalf and on mine. And that's what we remember. That's what we celebrate. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus. And so today we do we remember because of his sacrifice because of his resurrection there is eternal life for all who believe and those who believe there this morning let's remember and let's continue to live with expectancy you don't have to be a member of North Hills to participate in communion just remember and celebrate the resurrection we pray and the ushers will come and they'll serve both the bread and the cup and take the bread and take the cup and the passes and then as the worship team sings and plays partake and then we'll close in a, in a final song which I really think is a great almost anthem Lord Jesus thank you thank you for this bread thank you for this cup and Father we draw our hearts in this morning Help us to know and experience this expectancy in our hearts and in our minds as we could imagine Mary experienced in hers. And Father, we thank you for knowing that we would need to be reminded and that we would need to remember and as we do, we worship you.